Good morning. Herb Oscar Anderson. again and welcome back to the return of the morning mayor the story of herbert oscar anderson this episode is a somber occasion as we have had one of our guests richie rotkin recently pass away suzanne carla you guys had a really good time talking to him right yes he was a really really sweet man very very nice and uh you know he had quite a few hits they had uh hey little cobra and um you know it's sad that this guy uh is gone. He had so much to offer, but uh, he lived a very full life and a, a wonderful life. Had a lot of compassion for people, uh, humanity. He just saw things that usually other people look past. And he had quite a career at the same time. He had spoke fondly of his family and his children, and truly just a really a great man. And I know, Sue, you really enjoyed him because his genre was hot rod hits, and uh, you yeah. enjoyed talking to him about cars. Yeah, he was great. And and just the West Coast sound, you know, they had the, I don't know, a little different than the New York New York side of things, a little more Beach Boy sound, but uh, he was just a sweetheart. Yeah. And so our condolences to all his fans and his family. And again, Richie, I know you can hear us. Thank you for your time. Hello. Hello, Hi, Richie. Richie, it's Carla us again. Oh, that sounds so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky you. Yeah, you really. Wow. <laughs> so, You're right. Luck, lucky, lucky me. You're absolutely right. Or lucky us. Yeah, so uh, I guess we can just, uh, just have a conversation. We can pick up where we sort of left off. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about... Uh, meeting my father or knowing of my father and the radio, and then we can go into your career and to, uh, you know, talking about the bus tours or whatever, whatever you'd like to talk okay. about. That's pretty much whatever you want to talk about is uh, we'd be lovely uh, to just listen to anything you have to say. So, I mean, and if you want, we can start with a couple of questions just about, you know, I mean, we know a bit about your career, obviously, but um, I guess to start out, how, how did you get started in the business? Um, I was seven years old. Um, I had a belly from eating ice cream and all the wrong stuff. And my mother said, I'm going to take you out of school and I'm going to get you in performing arts school because it's an hour of tap, an hour of ballet, an hour of musical comedy, an hour of singing. It turned out to be like five hours and then two hours of school. Oh, okay. So uh, from there, I got an agent and um I started to do TV and radio. I was getting some parts, and then I said, "Oh, I really like this." And what year? Even was though this? what year? Oh my God, seven and one, nineteen forty-eight. Okay, nineteen forty-eight. Okay. And um, I, I made everyone laugh when I was sitting there crying doing the Lone Ranger. We hadn't done it yet. I was looking at the script, and they said, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Where's Trigger?" <laughs> trigger the horse i mean silver where's where's silver <laughs> and um, the guy sitting next to me put on his ploppers 
And the next thing you know, he goes, I'm silver. And I went, <laughs> at seven years old, I started crying. So that's <laughs> would, a story that still goes expected, around. Right? Yeah. Oh, well. Not 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 quite. <laughs> not quite. But from, from there I went to uh, when I got in high school, I we everybody had a singing group. There was just a ton of singing groups and uh we did it and uh our our first record was sixty-two, I think sixty-one or sixty-two. And in 64, we had the uh, milling, uh, million selling uh, a little cobra. So that's how I got started. Oh, sorry. Uh, one of the movies I did was uh, Paul Newman's first movie. In the credits, it says, Introducing Paul Newman. And they show it every Easter. It's called The Silver Chalice. Oh, I haven't okay. seen that. No, I haven't seen that either. The Silver Chalice. Okay. That was your mm -hmm. first movie. Okay. Yeah, right. that was my first one. <laughs> How many did you do? Um, about three or four. Okay, three or four, and and then of course Sue said to me we were looking up your songs, and Sue is a loves cars, and she said these guys uh, must love cars because love cars. every song <laughs> has a car. Oh, I I um Carol Shelby gave me um oh boy a Cobra one day, and he said here Richie because we were we went down there I forget what we had a sign. And um, he had given us our jackets, had them specially made. It said Cobra, which wow. uh, was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a while. And they keep, do keep changing it. So, um, but yeah, so it was up there. Yeah. And um, I thought the Cobra was mine. And six months later, he said, okay, you can return the car now. Oh. <laughs> okay. I would have been very happy just to have that. <laughs> So, and you you were the California sound, very different from the New York sound, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like, a couple of my favorite artists that did come from New York. I mean, Leslie Gore, mm -hmm. um, who I had the pleasure of singing with, and she was great. The Tokens, who I became friendly with a couple of them. Um, it was just so many people came out of there, came out of New York. It was like, uh, it was a whole whole big thing. And, and and it was just so different, the sounds. It was uh, amazing, you know, oh, East yeah, Coast, West Coast. Well, absolutely. Yeah, and then, of course, you, you had, um, you know, in in Philly, you had the Philly sound. Right. You know, and you got down to, you got down to Texas and Mexico and all those kind of places. You had the, uh, you had their own, they had their own kind of sound, especially it was uh, country western. So now, every, every place had a lot. Mm -hmm. What did. Where was Motown? Detroit? Or was that? Yes. Motown is Detroit. But yes. Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And one of my best friends, Mary Wilson uh, from the Supremes. Yes. Wow. Um, we, we, we remained friends until she passed. We were still friends. Oh. So that was, that was, I mean, still stayed friends all these years. Was that you a know, common, when, was that a common thing, do you think, with, you know, so many of you all, you know, I guess touring and being around one another yeah if we if we if we, if we ran into each other or we were close we would always leave tickets you know what i'm saying she left me tickets when she was doing um the casinos around here uh, pennsylvania and i would always leave her tickets when we did vegas so oh, it nice. was great that's really nice and then you yeah we, i mean we what go what, ahead what bus tours did you do did you do the dick clark bus tours or what was it was there dick another clark's care of it Dick Clark's Caravan of Stars was the one I liked the most. Yeah, I did uh, tours for William Morris Agency. Um, I also did Canada. It was great. 
and there, there was just a lot of stuff. But uh, the tour uh, was uh, Dion, Major Lance, the Supremes, the Crystals, um, Soldier Boy, oh my little Soldier Boy. Yeah. Uh, they were on the tour also, and um, it was twelve acts, and we did the entire United States. Uh, except for two, uh, I believe it was Alabama and Mississippi, where uh, they refused to uh, pay us, actually, paid Dick, pay Dick Clark for the show. And that was my taste of uh, Southern hospitality, which wasn't there. Yeah, which was not there. And, and how, no, it was not. How, how long would you guys be out on the road? A year. A year? Oh, wow. Any, anywhere from nine months to... Um, to a year so i got to see so many places that boot hill i you know i mean these places i got to see so much in all the different states because we played the big cities so and how long would you be in each city for just overnight or just like uh, uh, overnight unless we were doing two shows or unless it was real real close or real far to it, it, it really depended sometimes we finished the show got on the bus and signed autographs for about half hour outside next to the bus uh, on our eight by ten pictures, and then we uh, we would get in the bus and fall asleep, and uh, next thing you know we're in another city. Oh my goodness! Wow. Now was it enjoy? Did you oh, enjoy it's, it, or was it probably I did. a little bit of both? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a little, but it was it was a dream that I ended up having my whole life, even today. Even today, I would give anything because um, I'm retired. I would, get, but I only believe it or not, retired because of uh, health. I was still 80 years old and still doing concerts. Wow! So what, yeah, what a great um, life! What a great yeah. No, no, well, you, you know what it is. It's it, it's not that it, it's it's. They called me Richie from the Ripcords with the big heart. I mean, I'm still. If I go outside and there's somebody that looks like they need money i i just you know what what's your problem uh, i can't buy all the gifts for christmas i want well i'm gonna give them money yeah i mean this, this is this is the way i was brought up and this is the way i feel I'm, i mean i'm blessed i'm absolutely blessed so well it seems in some of the other people that we've spoken to as well it's it seems that it was almost i think you all just enjoyed doing what you were doing you didn't seem to be doing it oh. for the fame or I don't know, it just seems different now. And not, not, not that performers now don't as well, but it just seems like people now are more worried about that, where you guys were all just kind of doing your thing. Just hanging out, having oh. fun yeah. as a group, like a family, a yeah. traveling yeah. family. Yeah. It, it, well, it was a family. I mean, everybody had everybody's back. Yeah. Um, you know, going out to, uh, to, to eat um, breakfast or whatever, we went to a restaurant. I mean, it was fun. It was, it was fun. And you were all but, roughly the same age, give or take, within a certain age. What was the age range? Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere between, I would say, um, 18, 18 or 19, um, all the way up to uh, 26, 27, somewhere in there now. Mm-hmm. So but it was, it, it, it was, you know what, it was a dream for everybody because at one point you, you want to be that person. You watch Bandstand and you go, oh, I would love that to be me. But it, it got to the point later in my life where I couldn't believe that people were there looking at me 
and I was making them happy. Right. Uh, I, I, so, you know, in, in, in our concerts, I, um, in the next to the last song, I would go out and go through the first two rows, shaking everybody's hand. And, and uh, then I'd say to the, to some girls, I'd go, uh, I know that it's normally you would sit on the guy's lap, but I'm going to sit on your lap. <laughs> you know, it was just. Uh, I'm sure they were happy well, to have they, you. Yeah. I bet you they, they were, loved they, you. <laughs> I'm sure they haven't um, forgotten. <laughs> no, sure. no. Well, there's one. We were in Minnesota, and we did a whole a whole week of shows there. And um, a police officer knocked at the door and asked for me. Especially, he said, uh, "Is there a Richard Ronkin in here from the uh, Rip Courts?" And I said, "Yes." They said, "Can you come outside?" Now I'm scared. What the hell's going on? <laughs> and. Um, there's a mother and a daughter there. She was about 13. And they said, we have a problem. And I'm going, well, tell me the problem. And the mother looked at me and said, she's got a bag packed in my car. She wants to get on the bus with you. She's in love. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So I, I made her I made her our fan in Minnesota. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's got to be a yeah. funny feeling, though, when you just have all these people kind of Wanting to be with you or I follow know. you or, you know, it's, it's a great feeling, yeah, but well, at the same time, it's got to be a little pressure. Well, as soon as um, the musical director goes, and here they are from Southern California, here we go with Hey Little Cobra by the Ripcords, and they're here, and they're going to dance for you. <laughs> and because we, we did, we were the first group that was similar to NSYNC. First group. Oh, that wow. did really? That. Okay. Okay. So you had well, everything choreographed. Yes, because I was, like I said, um, well, my buddy and I, from the, we met when we were seven at that school. And as of today, we remain best friends. And we only missed, by the time we were 25, we had only missed being with each other one or two days. That's all. We were at everybody, just his house or my house. And that growing up, that's what it was. Of course, he claims that he taught me everything about life. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it was true. <laughs> and um, so did it you, was just. Did you really love it? Because I know some performers don't like to perform live. Some like just going in and doing the studio work and, and really cringed when it they had to do any type of concerts. For all of well, you, you right. it sounds like you really just loved entertaining, probably much like a Broadway play. You talk to an actor and they say, I love Broadway because I, I see the audience and I get what I want from the audience. And, you know, some people say, I, I can't act on Broadway. I, you know, so what was it for well, you? I, was it a combination? I, I, I'll give you, I, I auditioned with 3,000 kids in L.A. My height, my my weight looked like me. It was amazing. And I auditioned and I actually at the point when there was two left for the part of John in Mary Martin's Peter Pan. Oh, I had no, no fear of doing plays or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I never got to play Broadway because my mother said that I had some auditions for other stuff in, in uh, LA. So I didn't do that. Um, not that it was a mistake, but I think it was a mistake. I could, I should have actually done that for a while. Well, but like I, I've done in, everything. In, yeah. though. Um, Mickey Rooney was one of my idols. Mm. Um, you know, with Shirley Temple. Yes. Oh, yes. And everything. 
and uh, someone had found out. In fact, it was actually the girl who wrote Hey Little Cobra. And she was in Phoenix singing. And she said, I got a surprise for you. And I said, what? She said, Mickey Rooney's here. <gasps> and I got to talk to him. And one of the things that, I'll, of course, I'll never, ever, ever forget. Um, and he says that on the 8x10. He sent me an 8x10. And she said, do you want my 8x10? I said, oh, absolutely. He said, then send me yours, which I did. But he said, so tell me tell me what your career was like. And I said, well, started with radio, then went to TV. From TV, I went to movies. From movies, I went to doing, you know, having a number one record. And uh, he goes, you know, I don't know anybody else in present day that you're talking about that could do that but you. Because... Everybody could dance in my era. Everybody could, you know, do musical comedy and everybody could do drama. But none of us that I know of had a hit record. You've done the entire gamut. I I, I look up to you. I said, no, I look up to you. <laughs> well, and then, then I turned and said, actually, I look down to you. <laughs> he's, only about, he's only about five, three. He cracked up. He's, you know, so, yes, I got to. Uh, that's, that's yeah. He was, yeah, he was something well, too. Oh, the, the talent then was much better than it is now, in all seriousness. Yeah. I mean, um, I, look, I have my favorites. I have my favorite groups. I have my favorite songs. You know, when I go see them, um, not, never really even meeting them, but I go see them. Uh, sometimes I actually do ask to go, get backstage if I really, really like the group. Mm -hmm. And um, But m most of the time, uh, a lot of the artists today, a lot, are in it for fame and money. Yeah, that's what it seems. I, w I was not in it for the money. I was in it for fame and just put me in front of an audience and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, and let me in. As soon as they said in, here they are, and exactly, let me, let me entertain you, please. Right. It, it's kind of funny. So just to go back to like, I can't remember. Did, now, did you did you know Herb Oscar Anderson? Did you did you ever have to interact with him? But it just it's very parallel. They, yeah, they have some similarities just yeah, in I, terms of I was just going to well, say it. Uh, yeah. personality and just type. Oh, yeah. His personality was was great. That's why he was like the number one jockey. Yeah. It, well, and just number you talking about wanting to perform. Well, uh, my father was raised in an orphanage. And for him, his listeners, and um, and also when he was young, he went around on a bus, and um, I think it was like maybe five when he started performing, and that never left him. And I think that's where my father really felt uh, love, really felt, especially with the applause, and and he felt such a connection with his his people in the audience or his just regular everyday people who listen to him on the air. That's really what well, he did. I turned I, I, I did I turned out like your father. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, it's very nice. Yes. It's uh you're just there I to entertain and because, keep people happy. Yep. Well you it that's right. That's right. When you when you do a good show and you know the people, you know, it's like and, and then like I said, I, I personally get to help people in the fact there was a woman um I, I go out in a certain song and I give them the microphone and I have them try to sing and whatever. And she she had an oxygen thing uh, attached to her. And then she grabbed the microphone and says, I have to say something to everybody. Stop the music. I wanted to die this morning. And I told my husband, I want to die. And I want you to know that 
I meant it because I'm very, very sick. And thank God he talked me out of it. Richie, I want you to know, because of you today, I'm, I'm getting ready to cry. Because of you today, I want to live. Well, that's oh, that's you can tell my voice is going to change for a second. Yeah. Well, yeah I never forgot her. Well, you know, that's you wonderful know? to have that connection with people. And there's, you know, there's entertainers. I think there's people that entertain, but then there's people that entertain, I think, with their heart and soul. That And you obviously are that kind of entertainer that you reach out. You just don't sing the lyrics and you just don't, you know, wait for the applause. But you oh, absolutely. reach out and you grab the people. And uh, I think in that respect, you and my father were a lot alike, that uh, it was always oh, about well, the people. Yes. That was it. You well, know, that's exactly. Listening. Well, you know, you're using, yeah, you're using the actual um, verbiage. Um, that's exactly what it was. I mean, your father made us feel so at ease, you know, because everything was scary at that time. You know, you never did radio interviews. You never did this. You never flew on an airplane and they're flying us to New York to meet disc jockeys and everything. You know, I'm forgetting the years, but it could have been anywhere from 61 on. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, you know, I, I loved it. Yeah. And guess what? As of today, if it wasn't that I'm not 100% healthy, I'd still be doing it, but not not for me, for them. Right, right. right. They, they meant as much to you as you meant to them. And that's exactly with my father. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't. Oh, look, at I'm a big rock and roll disc jockey and listen to me and pound my chest. But really, I never, yeah, he felt I never, I never got that feeling. No, no, he really never, just, I never got that feeling. He, uh, it was, um, he loved every single one of his people and, uh, he really, yes, did. he did. He yeah. did. He really did. So no, I know, I, I know he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's, it is very similar. And, well, um, if, if I do write a book, I'm going to have, um, of course I'd have your father's name in there and, um, I'm. I was talking to somebody who wants to actually give, uh, you know, help me write the book. And there's going to be a whole, a whole uh, paragraph on the best disc jockeys, the top 10 of all time. And uh, I mean, I can tell you this with my heart. He's going to be number one. Well, oh, so nice. that's, thank you yeah. so much. I know my, my dad would be really, you know, excited Honored to, to hear that. that. Yeah. yeah. And thank you so much. Yeah. Well, well, well such he, a, but such he made a nice me man. feel at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you know, a story like yours is just, it's, inspiring i guess just to see the other side of it and understand you know as an entertainer what what your feelings were as 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 a listener or as a fan and you know it's just so nice to hear how humble you are and uh it's just very I'm, special. I'm, I'm humble yeah. very special. I, I am humble because i'm making people happy and that's that means a lot and i make myself happy when i do it you know, well, I, how, you did, know how did we lose that how did we lose that in ourselves that people forget about just being happy. money yeah I right. Guess. Money. Oh, you're right yeah money you know, always gets you just just to be happy and just to yeah. maybe think once for somebody else just to yeah. you know open the door or, for or what them it or... could mean to someone <laughs> yeah. you know similar to your story but you doing that for that woman changed her life and you know what one little pe yes. people say now even you don't have to be on a stage all you have to do is maybe walk down the street and say hello to someone and you may have changed that person's life just by right. saying hello because maybe they're so alone or 
whatever they're going through. Yeah. You just smile well, at I'll them. Give you, you know? I'll give you, my two, give you my two stories. I have to just have one more real quick story. Um, I stopped a car at, at a McDonald's one time, and there was a man sitting uh, on the steps, and he was crying, and you could tell he hadn't had a bath in the whole thing. And he had a, a hat to put money in. And I said, what, what, what seems to be the problem? I said, you're going to, if I give you money, are you going to go in and get drugs? I mean, tell me what your life is. And he said, no, I don't do drugs. And he gave me the story and he said, why don't you walk me in and they'll tell you what I do. So I walked in and I called the manager over and he said, he sits there in snow, in rain or whatever. He's really a nice guy, but he's had the hardest luck of anybody I've ever seen in my life. So I said, here's $20. I will be here next Tuesday and never, you know, and, um, you give him what he wants. If he goes over, you f- you feed him. Okay. So I'm going back, you know, many years and to make a long story short, that went on for two years. And one day I came and I was going to eat into McDonald's and I looked to see where he was. And I said, Oh no, he's not here. And I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a, I, I get emotional sometimes. And of course, he passed. I've never been the same as, you know, but I've been a friend. Yeah. Oh, and you changed his life, I'm sure. And uh, is probably yeah. just so grateful what, that you didn't well, look at him like he wasn't a, a person. You, you saw him. Exactly. And you saw Exactly. And you reached out. And that's the most important thing that... We all well, are, and my family's that way. Yeah, and my, my immediate family's that way. Well, you were raised right. You know that's the way to be. You don't turn a, a shoulder yeah. to somebody just because they are down on their luck, which you we're know, not as oh, for, no. not no. as fortunate as yeah. you. you yeah, know? yeah. But so some people forget. No. That. Well, uh, you are truly an inspiration. I didn't think that we were going to get this. Yeah, you give me goosebumps. <laughs> I have goosebumps going. <laughs> no, I just am. Yeah, so. you're just a wonderful, wonderful man. I'm just so well, honored. Well, how's this? How's this? You're in New York, right? Right. Are you in near Manhattan? No, actually, we're in upstate New York. Oh, okay. Well, if we ever get a job in upstate New York, like Rochester, my friend Gary Lewis lives up there. Um, we did a few shows together. And um, it's really funny because we did a movie together in 64, um, A Swing in Summer with Raquel Welsh. Oh, she was 19. <laughs> well, she was 19 and I was 19. Oh, so no more, de- no, more de- no more, no more, no more details. <laughs> Anyhow, she was wearing a bikini cause it was a beach movie. And I just kept staring at her and the, he said, rip cords, uh, get on stage. Where, where's Richie? <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> so, um, Music didn't the, you know, the righteous day. brothers. No, n- n- nothing mattered that I was never the same, <laughs> but I, I have a, I have a, an amazing wife. Her name is Andy. We're married 58 years. Wow. Um, we have three children. We have, um, my daughter is uh, 53 and I have twin boys that are 51. Wow. And they're the same as me. They, uh, they just won't, they're going to, uh, the army, some guys came in from the army, uh, last year sometime and we were having a dinner and uh, he said, dad, I, I'm going to go over there and tell him I got their bill. Oh, that's so nice. So, you know, there are wonderful people in the world, but for some reason mm. we just don't see Not enough. Them. Not enough. Or, well, we don't or they see don't let them. it or, out, or like, you know, yeah. they don't take the time. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. But, but you know what? I don't, I'm only doing this because we're, you know, doing this on a 
Otherwise, I don't care. I just do what I want to do. And my wife's the same way. Um, I mean, she's giving uh, 100% of her whole body and everything because I'm not able right now at this point to uh, do a show. I was taken, I uh, can't drive. I'm like, you know, my legs are very weak. So, mm. but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know. Well, keep positive. That, That's right. And thinking. Oh, I am positive. Yeah. No, no, I'm positive. Thinking that. I had a life that, that people just dream about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing it with us. And it, it, it was just yeah. wonderful. And yeah, thank you so, so much. Just, just, with just you. remember that. Yeah, just remember that um, what they should do one day is take the Braille building, right? Yeah. And what they should do is get the artists that wrote for the 60s, all of them, all those great hits, and nothing's as big as the 60s, nothing. Yeah. The guy wrote something that's absolutely you're going to love. He said, the 60s is the greatest time of music in my lifetime. And he's a really big writer. And he said, um, and I'll tell you why, in New York, you had the New York kind of music, you had the doo-wop sound, and then you had, you know, you had some really big artists come out of New York. You know, he says, I can't, I'm not going to name them all because I'd be here all day. Right. He said, then you went to Philly and you had the teenage idols, Avalon, Fabian, you know, and he, he went down the line there. And then he said, then you went to Nashville and you, and you had all these big stars and everything that came out and sang country western. He said, then you moved on to uh, Kansas City and so forth. Again, they were doing Western. He said, but when you got to L.A., they were totally different. He said they had beach songs. They had all different kind of songs. And yes, they had some good looking people. Um, and that's when I said, well, you saw, you saw the album covered. I had a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. You know, he said, well, your your music, music will never be forgotten. All the surfing songs, car songs. No. I said, well, thank you. He said, so you look at that time. And there's no place now that's really a time. There's no, you know, there's no looking at somebody and saying, oh, my God, they came from the East Coast. They came from the West Coast. But they still play our songs. Right. And they still remember us. You know, you got to be older, but they remember us. Yeah. You know? I think magical hopefully time. we will introduce it to younger generation because I, I I just think we've learned so much just by talking to people um, disc jockeys talent such as yourself uh, that that time was uh, just like we always said lightning in a bottle it just happened and it was just a, a perfect right. time it, it was a perfect storm I guess you could say the disc jockeys the they, perfect storm absolutely yeah, yeah it really was and and we, we, we like I said money, believe it or not, to most of us was secondary. It was getting on that stage. Yeah. yeah. Getting on that stage meant everything. Well, I think that's why it's lasted so long. You know, yeah. I think that it yeah. made a difference. Yeah. Everybody was unique and different and, you know. And like I said, I never forgot people that made me feel, forgetting who I was, that made me feel calm. You know, do you want, do you want a cup of coffee or, do you, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't because of who I was, just because we had a talk and they liked me, not for what I, who I was, but they liked me for me because I'm me. You're a good right. person. And I'm right. never, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to change because I get gratif gratification from it. I, I think you just, I mean, you're exactly like my dad. My dad was exactly the same way. He was not into celebrity. He wasn't, he was just, um, 
a salt of the earth kind of guy. He didn't care what you did for a living. He didn't he didn't care anything I about know. that. It's just the person inside. That's all he really cared about, and that's really what he saw. And um, and that's what I see, and that's what I see. Well, see, the one thing I didn't give you was, yes, I'm from a nice section, and I lived in L.A. and everything, but we were the poorest person. We were in a, an apartment where, because my parents did not have money, and we were in an apartment that had no heat, and it had no um, um, air conditioning and no rugs carpeting. So when it was 102 degrees or 103, we packed up, we went to the beach, and we slept on the sand. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe that's some of it, but I, yeah, I, I owe my parents, my parents for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I, I, owe it to, I owe it to my parents for being who they were. You had a lot of love. Yeah. That's the most important. Thing. Oh, I sure do. You know. So let's go to dinner or something. I'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> well, so it's been such a pleasure, and you yeah. know, we'll keep in touch in this. And yeah. thank you for everything. Just uh, yeah. keep in touch. Let's keep with in us. touch. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely I, will. Um, either we, you have Sue's number, yeah, and and Father Jim has your contact. Has my yeah, contact. So because we're yes. Uh, okay. Well, listen. Thank you. Enjoy Jim your night. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. your evening. And, and you thank you guys for your time. It. Yes. Okay. And and you. I hope you feel better soon. Okay. Yeah. We're you thinking of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, we got to do the happy feeling one more time. Do you remember? <laughs> All right, let's do it, everybody, one more time. When I was a little feller, my papa used to say to me, Son, you'll find that happy feeling A simple technicality Thanks again for listening to the Return of the Morning Mayor podcast. If you're hearing my voice right now, there's a good chance you want to hear more about HOA. The story of the man behind the Morning Mayor is one that certainly needs to be told, and a goal is to have this story made into a movie. The script is written, and your support will help us get to the next level. If you feel motivated to do so, click the donate button in the about section. All proceeds will go towards seeing the story of Herbert Oscar Anderson on the big screen. Goodbye, God bless, and I thank you so very much.